You're listening to the Sagas and Sass podcast. This episode features audio from a previously aired live video webcast. Welcome to Sagas and Sass Season 2. I'm Tara, along with fellow hosts Jonathan and Nami. This episode will cover Blood of Tyrants, which is the eighth and penultimate book, thank God, in Naomi Novik's Temeraire series. If you're watching live, join us in the chat, or after the fact, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Sagas and Sass to continue the conversation. And just a reminder, the views expressed in this show are those of the host as individuals and do not necessarily represent the show as a whole. Okay, y'all. So Tara wrote this summary and she's been traveling for the past two weeks. And also she kind of hated this book. So, you know, just bear with us. Because Blood of Tyrants begins with Lawrence waking up in Japan and not knowing who he is. He knows Chinese, so he's able to communicate with people. But how the fuck did he end up in Japan? And why is this a thing? So, like, Lawrence is basically in prison because the Japanese want, like, no part of the outside world. Or maybe just want no part of the British or Chinese, which is all totally understandable at this point, right now. Anyway, so while Lawrence is trying to figure out who he is and how he can escape to the one Japanese court he's allowed to be in, which is Nagasaki, Temur and the other dragons are attempting to get their ship off a reef. This means they have to go to the coast send steal some trees to use as a lever to like lift up their ship because science and physics but this also leads to them confronting a japanese water dragon they're able to abscond with said trees thanks to tamara but he is injured when they attempt to move the ship from the reef so they basically limp to nagasaki and spend their time there anchored in the harbor so tamara can recover in the meantime lawrence escapes from his imprisonment thanks to the help of junichiro who's trying to help who try to keep the local magistrate he serves, Kaneko, from facing judgment for giving shelter to a foreigner. Along their way to the coast, they receive help from another Japanese water dragon. But honestly, all of these, this seems pretty moot, because meanwhile... In Nagasaki, Temeraire is making friends with an American dragon named John Wapanog, who is a merchant captain trying to expand his business into Japan. John helps the British dragons as much as he can, but Temerer is still not well, and on top of that, Iskirka is whining about the egg they made that she clearly expects him to care for because, welp, this is Iskirka, y'all. Not to worry, though, Lawrence makes it to Nagasaki to the Nagasaki area. He reunites with Temerer, and like everything is cool, right? Except no. Lawrence doesn't remember Temerer, and while he is all amnesiatic and shit, he is literally constantly offending our boy. Like, for real, Lawrence tries real hard, but Temur is disappointed again and again and again, and it's really sad, and also who the fuck ever asked for an amnesia storyline? No, like, seriously, no one ever wants this shit. It doesn't help that despite everyone walking on tiptoes around Lawrence, they screw up all the time, but hey, at least when they get to China, Lawrence throws himself into the diplomatic mission. Until... He gets kidnapped by the party that opposes the current government and his men, and we suppose dragons, are implicated in an assassination plot against Prince Mianing. They escape, of course, but the outcome isn't what anyone would have expected. While Lawrence and his companions are pronounced innocent, they are then given the task to put down the White Lotus Rebellion in the south of China. General Chu, an experienced dragon who helped put down the original rebellion in 1904, is sent with them, and the joint British-Chinese force moves out. This allows the British to see the Chinese dragon military at work, but when they reach 
reach their destination, it turns out that it's all a sham put on by the same people who organized the assassination attempt. Drama! We wish that this was the end of the story, but... LOL, of course it's not. While Arkady and Tharke were taken captive and rescued, and the whole rebellion thing was proved to be totally fake, uh, Napoleon is still invading Russia, so let's go take care of that, right? Ugh. At the very least, rescuing Tharke brings Lawrence's memory back, so he realizes that he's been the worst person ever to Temeraire at all. Except then they go to Russia, and everything somehow gets even more messed up. Like, how do we even summarize the mess that is Russia? Because the whole alliance gets screwed, Napoleon's armies get fucked, the Russian dragon situation is probably the grossest mess we've experienced so far, but in the end nothing is actually decided. Instead, we see a lot of horribly mistreated Russian dragons who are set free and then do awful things to the people in the Russian countryside. And this book ends in a darker space than the Empire Strikes Back. So hey, on that note, let's discuss Blood of Tyrants. Yeah. Oh my god. I, you guys need to understand, I listened to all of this book today. Like, <laughs> I am so sorry. I I feel like I have a whiplash for like the sheer volume of storylines that were. Yeah, at. that's a good way to put it. I feel like yeah, the whiplash. Like first they're here, then they're here, then they're there. Like yeah. and it's so funny because like I feel like one of my big complaints up until now with Novik and her writing style is that it's a lot of nothing happening to me at times. Except this time, I was like, no, too much, too yeah. much. Yeah. yeah. So, I generally dislike amnesia storylines because I'm just like, you fool! Although I will say the whole arc of him thinking that Emily Rowland is his daughter, except he also is like, she's definitely older than eight, and I've only lost eight years of memories. <laughs> <laughs> but she has to be my daughter. That whole mess just made me laugh a lot, but like, with the exception of that, I was too busy just being like, what is happening? Yeah. Like, double speed on audiobook is... I right, also well, I guess, I guess I'm the one person who... I like this a lot better than some of the other books. Um, I Oh, for sure. I didn't like I the amnesia part of it much. Um, but I actually thought the American dragon being a, a, a merchant was pretty clever. And I thought um, I liked once they brought down the rebellion, the part of the a Chinese legions being led by a dragon general I thought was cool. And yeah, I thought the whole the John Wampanoag part was really inter interesting interesting to like see how American dragons are because like America is one of the few places that we haven't actually gotten like North America at least mm -hmm. and to see like that and be like oh he's a merchant and like seeing Temur just be like I want to be a merchant and then Temur <laughs> be like oh wait no I don't think I want to be a merchant that sounds terrible and like that whole thing was funny and like I also agree like I this was definitely not my least favorite of the Temur books but I feel like I'm like I'm like so close to the end and now that I'm just like, just let me out. And I like, <laughs> like I had this sort of like stir crazy hostage feeling with the series now. And because we're at the last book, I think it was like extra, like the second to last book, I think it was extra strong. But I really did like John Wampanoag. Like, I also really did like the reveal of like all of like the hidden politicking 
in China that was going on at the time. And, like, Lauren's trying to navigate it while also, like, remembering no manners that he had learned <laughs> in the other countries was just hilarious. Because every time he messed up, I knew he was mortified. And I'm like, ah. <laughs> yeah, for me, it's, like, amnesia storylines, like, they immediately just throw me in the... It, it, they just throw me in like the weeds because I'm just I, I I feel like they are they're bad like plot convenience things like well we need things to happen but they can't really happen the way we want them to unless this person doesn't remember things so bam amnesia and I'll be honest at the beginning of the book when at like the first like couple pages or whatever it was where you don't really even know who this person is that's like washing up on a strange shore. I was almost like, Jesus Christ, is it Riley? Like, are we getting like oh, Riley yeah. back now? So I, was, <laughs> I was like, I hate amnesia storylines, but also relieved that no, 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 it's just Lawrence. Okay. This could be yeah, worse. I, I will say <laughs> I hate Riley so much that having it be an amnesia storyline was actually better than that. But I also <laughs> hate amnesia storylines so much that like, until the amnesia storyline was done, I was just incredibly annoyed. And like, granted, I liked all like the politicking that was happening in the background. And like, since the pace of this book was really fast, I was like, interested and I was never like actively bored. But I was just apathetic to it because I hate the amnesia storyline. So useless. They just wanted to make Temeraire sad. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 Lawrence just oh my god the awkwardness of like when he was like well oh well you can just stay in China Temeraire and like obviously I'll go back to to Britain and Temeraire was like <laughs> I was like because I guess like I feel like Temeraire should should have understood a little bit more that like if Lawrence doesn't remember these things then he might not understand that connection. So it was a little bit like, oh my gosh, Trevor, like put on your reading glasses and read the room here. But <laughs> but I don't think they explained it to him either. I, I think they, they did, but they didn't. I, I think he just expected, you know, he expected I, that their their connection, like Lawrence might not have his memory, but their connection would still be the same. So, I mean, honestly, like it, it was very childlike. Yeah, I think he did like the toddlery childlike thing that was like, oh yeah, logically, like he doesn't have his memory, but it's me. He knows. Yeah, me. yeah. And I think he just did that to the max. Yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, I really liked meeting um, John Wampanoag. Like, I, 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 you know, I figured we would. Obviously, we would have to meet American Dragons at some point because I'm pretty sure the last book has something to do with America based on like the title, but um, and 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 just va the vague description. But like, it was just it just felt like a again just like a for like the amnesia storyline was forced, and the the Japan thing was like, well, we got to get Japan in the mix here. We got to show you what Japan and Japan Japanese dragons are like. So like, real quick. Let's let's explain Japan and and John Wampanoag, the American dragon, just happens to be there. And then later in the book, when they're in Russia, there's like other trade. There's like another trader, and he like knows John Wampanoag, and like I, that that was like, come on, coincidence! Like this is such a dumb coincidence. Yeah, I was kind of like, I don't know. I guess I was like meh about the coincidences. I kind of expect them to happen in books and like media because I'm like it makes it more fun for the reader to be like oh hey connections mm. so like I guess that for me that was more of that I feel like we're missing though we're not talking about like the kind of like the big 
thing, the big new thing, which is is Garrick just being like, by the way, bitch, I'm having an egg. <laughs> That's Temeraire. Temeraire, can you pull your shit together? I'm having an egg. And how she just like basically expects him to be a stay-at-home dad. <laughs> so funny. she's like, I don't feel like taking care of this. Like, I like I had to carry this egg. It's yours now. <laughs> being like so jealous of the imperial dragon in in china and just being like what do you mean my egg isn't good enough i've already made an egg and it's already perfect like how dare i feel like this is the first time that i truly enjoyed iskierica because up until now she just annoyed me because she just seemed like like that reckless she was literally that tiktok of the mom who's like watching her toddler run around and she's like what do you want there and he's like a knife and he and the mom screams no like like that was iskierica to me i'm just like <laughs> relief like reckless character and like this is the first time that like she kind of like pulled it together in a way where it wasn't just like i'm reckless and i'm a pirate and i'm chaotic huzzah it's weird that i dislike her because i'm very chaotic too yes Ooh, maybe this is some self-reflection about how I dislike myself. Ooh. Ooh. Look at this. We're getting philosophical. But anyway, anyway, like, she, she, like, actually, like, goes through it. And then, like, when it really comes down to it, when, like, Temeraire's, like, almost drowning after, like, trying to save the boat, she's like, excuse me, get up. And, like, she's still herself. Like, she's still an mm-hmm. absolute ass about it. But she's, like, actually helping and stuff. And I don't think I'd ever seen her be voluntarily helpful up until that point. Yeah. She's yeah. just very selfish up until then. And I was just kind of like, meh, Iskira could do better. And then she did better for two seconds and went back to being herself. But I was like, okay, she could do better. I like her now. Well, and I think so. You missed our discussion two weeks ago um, when we talked about, oh my God, what was the what was the last book? I can't even remember the name of it. There's so many of these books. Was, <laughs> the one was the South American Adventure. Yeah, the South American Travel log. Yeah, yeah. The one where they're in South America. But like at the end of that, Gramby basically like he basically tells her to grow up or go away. And she like freaks out. So I think that because this is the first time we're really seeing her since that happened, that that's that this is the Iskerica that has come from, you know, that ultimatum, um, which was a necessary ultimatum. Let's be real. I do like that. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Also, speaking of Gramby, the absolute hilariousness of Captain Little, because like him and Gramby are like lovers, like yeah. Captain Little being awkward around amnesiac Lawrence and Lawrence being like, like, oh, it's because I'm a traitor, but Little's like, no, it's because you know I'm gay. <laughs> it's just- yeah, like, yeah, like, dude, I'm sorry, but this has nothing to do with you. <laughs> like, it's nothing to do with you and your stupid amnesia storyline. This is because you know, you know about my private business, and, and yeah. then, it's just just that whole thing just made me laugh so much, especially because when Lawrence realized it, he's like, oh yeah, no, I was the kind of ass who probably would have reported him, but now I like super definitely would never do that, and I'm like, oh, look at you, character growth. <laughs> A little bit, just like just like a little bit, you know. Basic decency, huzzah! <laughs> but so yeah, it was so funny because he just like literally shakes his hand and is like, "Go be gay, I approve." <laughs> <laughs> so whole monologue at the time he's like i can't tell him like up front that i approve of him and Grammy, but like i can shake his hand and be like, "You're a good man," and be like, "I approve of you, bro." <laughs> it's just so funny and awkward like sometimes the fact that lawrence is so inc- 
incredibly awkward is hilarious to me. Yeah. This was one of those moments where I was just like, Lawrence, this is this is terrible. You're doing bad. Yeah. Oh, Lawrence. Oh, oh Lawrence. Lawrence. Um, so how before we move on to like the actual meat of the story, which would be like China and, and Russia, how do we feel about Japan? I mean, to me, like I mentioned earlier, I feel like this was just an excuse to go there and show us a little bit. I, th there's only one book left, so we're not going to see any more, I don't think. It, it, it was horribly disappointing that they did not meet either a three-headed dragon or a radiation-breathing dragon. A radiation-breathing one. And I am completely... That dates us. Uh, um, I, I, I'm referring to Ghidorah and Godzilla. Uh, oh, 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 I thought I thought this I thought this was a Hiroshima thing, and I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, that's what I thought too for a second there. But well, Godzilla, like, Wait, that doesn't make sense. Time Godzilla wasn't a thing. I don't think. No, no, it wasn't. But I thought they could have easily gotten yeah, you know, yeah. have a slight dig in there with Godzilla. I mean, the three-headed dragon that would be really interesting though, because would it be a three-headed dragon with one personality or would it be a three-headed dragon with three different three like heads that, right like in this in this brains. universe i feel like that would be really difficult to pull off we would have three brains so it would have to be three personalities the only yeah. way logically happening would be like a situation with like triplets and then like merging S or siamese that. twins but but it would have to be triplets for it to have three heads yeah siamese triplets then <laughs> Um, yeah, no, I, I mean, it, it just felt like a, we're going to give an excuse to go to Japan for a short minute and show you like what's going on there. And again, like, unless I'm missing something, I don't really think they have time to go back to Japan at all. So <laughs> Be because it was so fast, it felt like the most like stereotypical that I have felt any depiction of a non-European country to be in this book so far. And like, mm -hmm. it, it's kind of like why I liked or why I didn't absolutely hate this series, because I feel like like it's a strong positive word and I'm mostly just apathetic to it. But like Novik, whenever they go to a different place, like you always get like the initial stereotype and then you get like, you dig into it more and you learn more about yeah. the country. And, but since so many things happened in this book, you only get the initial stereotype of Japan, mm -hmm. which was samurais, top knots, honor, honor. seppuku, <laughs> honor, water dragons, Honor, <laughs> and I was uh -oh. kind of like, and then of course, since he was back to being asshole amnesiac Lawrence, you don't even get him being nuanced about things. You get him being like, "Good God, sir, why do you ever think that I would ever commit suicide to dishonor myself? No, honors cannot be different. We must have all British honor." And it was just. Thank you. That was my Lawrence. <laughs> also, one thing you should know about the audiobook is that it is voiced by like a very British proper man. And when he did John Wampanoag's ax American accent, I would like shit myself laughing every time because it was so good, but it was also such like the antithesis of what he was. But anyway, but yeah, I maintain that like Amnesiac Lawrence was just kind of an ass in that whole situation, and then he didn't tell them that he was an amnesiac, which I get wouldn't have improved the situation politically, but at least wouldn't have made them, like, like yeah, they probably wouldn't have believed him, but he wouldn't have been sitting there being like, oh, how do I navigate this mess? It's not, you literally just fucking tell him the truth that you don't remember, my dude. Like, like come on. But no, amnesia conflict. Lawrence is an asshole again. 
my favorite part of Lawrence. Yeah, I was really glad when they got out of Japan. Like the only thing I was that I really liked about that was that they met John Wabanoag. And again, it still felt just overly convenient, but it was like, fine, whatever. Like finally I'm an American dragon. Like we said, I, lo- I liked the fact too, that he was like this merchant, you know, capitalist, you know, clearly their dragons are treated well in America, or at least some of them are. Uh, Only the rich ones. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, we, I, that's, yeah, I, I, I guess hopefully, uh, th- th- like I keep saying, I, I think that the last book has some American stuff in it. So I'm just like, what are we going to see there now? Like, is it going to be like the true traffic, like, like the 1%, <laughs> John Rumpenog is the 1%. <laughs> well, he is clearly the one. <laughs> yeah. 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 I think my other thing though was like with Japan, like you get like Junichiro and like he basically just gets royally screwed over. And then he's like, by the way, I'm going to become an ambassador or I'm going to kill myself. So have fun with that, Lawrence. <laughs> and he's just like, again, with this, like, just, like, no explanation, like, like suicide trigger happy, or what it seems to be. If you're yeah. not a weeb who doesn't know what seppuku is, you're just like, the fuck is wrong with these people? And, like, I just, fr- that frustrated me so much. But at the end, when you, like, see Lawrence just being like, Oh shit, I kind of ignored Janichiro, didn't I? I was kind of like, yes, you did, buddy. You kind of ignored that whole mess. Good job. But then Janichiro goes with him for all this time. And still, like, at the end, it just is like, China is like, well, we'll accept you and you can become our ambassador. And he's like, fuck no, you aren't our friends. <laughs> and neither are the British. Bye forever. I like that because I super thought he was going to come in at the end and be like, yeah, I'm going to be an ambassador to China. But he's like, no, I'm, I'm going to France to get us allies so the Chinese don't kill us. And I'm like, ah, yeah, that's smart. Good job. Yeah. I can't hate you for doing that. And like, that's the same conclusion that like Lawrence with a heart comes to, not mm-hmm. asshole Lawrence, as I'm calling him. Eight years of uh, morality, Lawrence. Uh, and it was just, it was just really surprising because I really did expect them to just forget about Junichiro. Because they had forgotten about him for a while. They, yeah, they did kind of forget about Ginger. <laughs> did D&D write this book? <laughs> oh, my God. Although uh, I will say, sorry, I just thought of another thing that was funny to me. But it was specifically funny because I love everything Emily Rowland does. And her, like, like just being like, God damn it, I wish I'd slept with Demain. <laughs> it's like, like the lady who's, like, her, like babysitter basically she's like you can't just say shit like that and emily's like what i wish it was true and she goes you can think it but like just don't say it where people can hear and i'm just like good job emily she's what she's 16 now it's fine be safe um okay so we get to china and this it's kind of this like bam 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 at first you know uh there's this whole literally yeah, Lawrence and the and 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 the prince, and then they get kidnapped, and then they you know burn this guy's like place down, which holla, uh, and then they go back to meet with the emperor, and he's like, yes, I understand that you didn't do anything wrong here, but the opium trade, and so like go put down this white lotus rebellion, uh, and they go, and and then this is where we finally get like the first part of what 
is, I, I guess there was like that mini travelogue in Japan. And then there's this like long trek across China where they're just describing like all the Chinese dragons meeting up and, and you know, the, the Chinese dragon military and everything. Um, I wish I could have been more interested in it, but really I was just like, how much longer can this book go on? Like Lawrence is still, doesn't so you remember didn't like the description of Chinese dragon tactics. I mean, I would have liked I would have liked a summary, maybe. <laughs> I think at this point I'm just so exhausted. Like I'm with Nami. Like I, I'm I'm exhausted think, with these books and I the amnesia storyline through me. I will into, point out you chose this series, not me. <laughs> oh, I did not choose this series. I did not choose this series. this series. Our fans yeah. chose this series. Yeah, yeah. Twitter voted on this series. I will and, say, I think I've identified what it is about this book series. The things about this book series that I don't like that makes me apathetic to it. And I think that's really important to know about your reading preferences as well. So my my things that I found out, I dislike boring male protagonists. Lawrence, for the most part, check. I dislike England, check. I dislike England pretending that it's great at everything, check. And I dislike excessive war descriptions like military strategy or like like the waiting parts of war i guess check and then god there was one more thing that i had oh i dislike like comedies of it's i think the genre is called like a comedy of manners where it's like everything like people are polite and then they do manners bad oh, i didn't no. know so that pride was and prejudice genre. is not a favorite of yours so no, no, I am not a Jane Austen gal either. I really can't. <laughs> oh, so I think they were I, much better when they added zombies. Exactly. So like the things that I will say that I've liked about this series, because there are some things I like, it's why I'm just apathetic versus hating, is the, I like the dragon genetics. I like the needs to continue to liberate colonial countries and continue to give... Yes non-white people the power to have their own like kind of agenda in this story um i enjoyed temeraire just being a revolutionary like dude and wanting to save things i actually really did enjoy the whole plague storyline and all of the stuff that came with like Lawrence actually committing treason because I was like, mm. things Lawrence will never do. Treason, <laughs> things Lawrence ended up doing. Treason, huh. There was a moment where he had amnesia in this book where he was like, I would rather die than commit treason. And I'm like, but I have news for you. Oopsie. <laughs> <laughs> and then I think I just really, I do enjoy dragons. Like as much as I, as much as like, historical polite war bores me to my core i do enjoy dragons a lot and i think that's why as a whole i'm just kind of meh about this series would i have read it normally absolutely not am i being held hostage to finish it absolutely i'm still <laughs> kind of glad that i read it well i guess not a complete waste of time i did it in less than a day so for this book at least so not really that much time at all honestly i wouldn't have read so another I book that you listen to these when you're doing it in less than a day i know um, i know so i listen to them at double to triple speed <laughs> so it sounds I, like alvin and the chipmunks with an english accent 
Yes, it really does. Well, I mean, the thing is, these aren't very long books. And and really, there are, if you were really pressed for time, you could skip over huge, I mean, in this book, you probably could have skipped over a whole bunch of them traveling across the Chinese countryside, because in the end, it doesn't really matter. And I think that's my biggest problem with like the travelogues in in a lot of these books like i i've i've been okay with or possibly even like on the borderline of liking a couple of them but a lot of them it's like you really could skip over this and like th this 100 pages doesn't need to be here or this 50 pages doesn't need to be here so i i and and in this book it's like Maybe some people really like the, you know, liked, you know, reading about the Chinese dragons, but even that it's like, I feel like that could have been a lot shorter than it was. You know, it was, it was just a lot of, we don't need all the details on like their supply depot shit. And like, I, I, I don't know. It was, it was a lot. And part of me is like, I respect Naomi Novik for giving that much time to describing something like this, but it's also not really my thing. And even if it was my thing, I think I probably would be annoyed with it at this point because we're eight books into the series and my God, we're eight books into the series. Like how is a series I, nine books long? I guess it's like, it's also kind of like a style and like a thing of the genre kind of thing. Because when I think about like stories that are very war focused, they are very travel log focused. Mm -hmm. They are very military details focused. They are very like logistics focused and stuff like that. And I think, you know, part of the reason that Tara, that you and I, we don't like this is because I don't think we like war books just like in this specific. Which detail. is so funny because I, I was a history major. <laughs> maybe you just got burnt out on history <laughs> maybe i don't know i mean i like i did my independent study on like the palestinian palestinian israeli conflict um in like the mid 20th century and and like i but even then like i i don't know even then even being a history major like i think i would have had to go into like a master's degree or something to get to this level of detail of you know military movements i think i took one class that was military specific and i was like mm, it's like the only reason i took it was because my advisor was teaching it and i really loved him and i regretted it like almost immediately yeah so. i i think i realized that like like obviously like a lot of fantasy stories focus on like war and like becoming a warrior or like this assassin and like you suddenly have your like super fighty powers and then you go fight but it's always like very one person within that fight focused but so i think like you know and like, even this way, I will say like, so like something that I realized that I really liked when I was younger was the Aragon series. And like the fourth book came out and I kind of like, I never actually read it because I had been so like, I had forgotten the beginning of the series and I never had the time to reread it. And this was like, the fourth book came out when I had like kind of stopped reading. And so I picked it up recently and I started reading it again. And I realized that it was also a lot of like slower war based story. And I just... I started to realize I was like, oh, this kind of just isn't my cup of tea. Like it's just mm -hmm. it's just not a genre that I personally vibe with. And I think I vibed with like the earlier Aragon books because in those it was like he was like the chosen one coming to himself, like learning how to fight, learning how to war. It was him in the battle and him being like, oh my god, I gotta do the thing. Ah, adrenaline. <laughs> Now in like book four, you know, he's like, he's like kind of like commanding part of the army and he's like, it me in charge. And then I'm just like, oh, war tactics. 
go away. And I'm like, I'm getting it. I'm like learning things about me, the things that I like. Yeah. And I think that with, with all that we have been through with this series, because <laughs> we have been reading this since May and this is again, the penultimate book. Um, my favorite things about this series are the dragons and their personalities. Um, mm -hmm. I think that I think that Naomi Novik is very clever. Uh, she is very good at writing dragon personalities, human personalities, because it's basically just Lawrence and like we see a little bit of Granby and like a like a little bit of Emily Rowland and a little bit of Demand, like a little bit of all these other characters, but too much of Lawrence. <laughs> But, well, I, obviously so. Yeah, I think my thing is that every time Lawrence is the voice, I'm a little more bored. And when Temerair is the voice, I'm like, yes, ready. Yes, and like, because we do get Temerair now. Remember when we didn't for the first three books? Kill me. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> like, I've been actively doing that. And I realized I was doing it more this book. And it was more, and it was like noticeable to me this book because I hate the amnesia storyline more. So then when Lauren showed up, I was like, oh, amnesiac asshole, Lawrence. And, it was, and it, so then I was like, oh, oh, you like the temeraire parts of this story. And like, I really enjoy like the, the dragon part, the dragon politics, the dragons trying to like gain their freedom in this world. And like, speaking of the dragons, I enjoyed the little Russian dragon who shows up and it's just like straight up a spy and is playing them into thinking she's like a wretched creature. And then when she realizes that they know, she just like hightails it out of there. Like, I love that. That was so amusing to me. But then I realized the part that bored me was like, Lawrence doing Lawrencey things. Well, so before we get to Russia, because I think that's like a 20 minute discussion in and of itself, um, last thoughts or, or any other thoughts on the White Lotus, the faux White Lotus Rebellion, like Tharke and, and Arkady, you know, being captured um, and Tharke uh, being the one who really like, like it's saving Tharke that brings Lawrence's memory back, which like, you know, good i guess like that it was dark a like the the you know asian man and, and not i don't know I, like I, seeing emily roland or something um but like it, the way arkady was captured and everything i was that whole thing i was like i i, I couldn't i can't remember exactly what it was described as but it was like they were it was like like claw like metal claws like in his skin oh my gosh i was like i was so ooh, about it like it was so mean it was so mean it was and, just are, so and mean. it was a chinese that captured him and they're supposed to pro dragon what the fuck guys well hey you can be i think it's the same thing that happens when it's like because it was literally like prisoner of war mentality you know and i think because they view dragons as individuals who can make their own choices. They're not above, like, imprisoning enemy dragons. And I, I kind of respect that, in a way. Like, but also, it was disgusting. Like, yeah, it was mean. And, like... <laughs> Tara, I, like, I, 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 think, I think I felt worse for Arkady than I did for Tharke, even knowing that he was tortured. Ooh, sorry. Uh, yeah, I would say I'm the other way around. <laughs> Because, yeah, I mean, although it is right. he was like also actively tortured, he was put in like right. Like, I, yeah, I think I think that's what it was. The the, the 
the live knowledge that he's in the middle of this torture as they're trying to help him. Whereas Starkey, we just kind of see the aftermath of, you know, what he went through. We don't, but see it, him. I mean, in this universe, you should feel equally bad for either of them. Cause they're, they're both sentient creatures. This is not, exactly. I mean, it's bad enough to torture a, a non-sentient. Say, well, I prefer the torture of this person to the other, but, Oh, I'm or, not saying or, I prefer doesn't bother one. I'm just saying much, I felt I a little bit worse. Better. <laughs> Yeah, I know. But I, think I, just, more, like, I think it was more like the visceral description of what yeah. was happening because I feel like if you yeah. want any description of like Dark A being actively tortured, it would have been the same. Yeah. And oh, I think it sure. was that because, like, you know, it would be like the equivalent of like, you know, them going to free Tharke and taking shackles off his wrist and realizing that the shackles had like spikes on the inside that were digging into his skin, you know, like. Oh, that's dark. I hate it. Just saying it out loud. Ooh, gross. But yeah, no, I, I definitely feel that. And also, I think this was like really the first time that we'd like seen like actual like violent restraint, like mm-hmm. like 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 m- potentially mutilating restraint mm-hmm. for a dragon, and like potential and like what counts as like torture to a dragon. So I think that was like a bit shocking too. But yeah, no, I was I felt bad for both of them. I was like, ah, shit, boys, you got yourself in a bit of a pickle, but it's okay. And the whole the whole thing where Arkady was like, well, I had to come talk to you about my egg because I heard I heard the goss about like <laughs> what what happened to those eggs. It was just like really, oh my gosh! Like he came, like he was so worried about his egg that he was like, "Well, I'm taking it. Like Tharkey needs to go to China or whatever. I need to go talk to Tamara. So we're going out there because I need to find out whether or not my egg was fine." And you know, Tamara or like I think Tamara was like, "Oh, I'm very sorry, but like Caesar came out of your egg and he chose." This awful guy, uh, Rankin, you know, just because he's rich. And Arkady's over here just like, well, good for him then. I just realized Rankin's name is Rankin because he's absolutely rank. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, gosh. Um, So then there's this whole fight with, you know, the Chinese dragons who are on the opposite side. But, like, of course, of course, you know. Lawrence and 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 his you know of course the team that we're supposed to be rooting for wins right uh which also you know listen like uh the opium trade and everything like obviously Britain's involved with that obviously there's a whole lot of like discussion we could have about uh the shit that Britain did to China when it comes to opium and whatever but in this case they actually weren't doing this specific thing and it was like it was just kind of it just made me laugh a lot because the whole time lawrence is like we would never our honor demands that we would never and i was like well first of all y'all absolutely did and y'all probably actively are and then he talks to like what's his face diplomat who sucked and he's like oh okay so we're like not technically doing it but we're also not technically stopping it and we're kind of like implicitly encouraging it and lawrence is like shocked face and i'm just like yep this tracks english suck yeah oh i mean and of course like at the end of the whole like faux rebellion um what's oh my gosh what's the name of the the imperial dragon that tamara has may thank you so so may goes back and she's basically like yeah we're gonna take care of this shit ourselves so 
good for them. And hopefully in this timeline, they take they really do take care of the opium trade. I believe in them. I do. You know, they have I dragon. Was, if I was a shitty person who was trying to give drug to trying to sell drugs to make money, if every time I brought drugs with me, a dragon would light my drugs on fire and also scare the shit out of me, I don't think I would want to bring drugs anymore. I feel like that's a pretty good motivational force right there. Okay, so Jonathan, we haven't heard much from you about the whole final situation in so, China. I don't know, how, how did you feel about, or do you have any commentary on that before we move on to the Russia nonsense? No, not really. I, I mean, the Russia nonsense, I, th I actually thought the Russia nonsense was interesting. Uh, the China... Oh, it's interesting. <laughs> it's just dark. I didn't find it as dark, but I mean, maybe I'm just... I found it depressing, but not dark. I found it dark in the way that it is shocking to see a real-life struggle put into a fantasy context in a way that makes it clearly obvious mm -hmm. how bad it is, you know? And so, like, the whole, like, thing with the feral dragons at the end and them essentially being let free and then and they were starving and then of course going and taking food because they were starving and not really caring about the people around them and then causing destruction because of that and fear and then you know the russian people are will likely retaliate to that it was all just sort of like such a i took it as a very clear metaphor of like the way we treat poor people mm -hmm. and like the way we treat people who have less or who have been given less and then they have an opportunity to have more like like the way we condemn people who steal to survive like not people who just like i'm gonna steal a flat screen tv because i don't because i can it's like the person who like 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 the aladdin stealing it's like the person who steals bread because they need to eat like like the jean d'aljean stealing and like the way we condemn mm -hmm. that too as if they're equal and it was that whole commentary on like can you really fault a person who does who has been robbed of food and robbed of the ability to exist as a person for being told okay you can go be a person and for them like going and heedless of the people around them just taking what they need to survive like you can't blame a person for that like position and like i think the dragons illustrated that so much especially lawrence at the end because he comes in and he tells that like the the french dude who was like oh, i need to free all the dragons and he's like he's like dude like you don't get to be high and mighty about this because the only reason you were able to free these dragons is because you knew they would wreak havoc on your enemies and you did that intentionally you didn't do this to help the dragons you did this to further your agenda and you're just and it was like a further commentary on like the way that people delude themselves into doing what they think is good into like justifying something bad because they're like oh but it's really because of this good thing but it's like no it's really clear that you're doing yeah. this for a further like not great purpose and like that whole like con like that whole like conversation that lawrence had with that man being like dude like you are not doing a good thing you're doing like a very selfish thing for your war and you're just pretending that you're being moral and you're making yourself feel better about it i just I felt really, really bad for the dragons. I just, 
Well, so, and, and also like just to kind of backtrack a little bit. Um, so they go to Russia and they, they have this whole, you know, back and forth with Napoleon basically. And then, uh, you know, it, it's only through the spy dragon who actually isn't that ill-treated, but at least um, kind of shows them how bad things actually are or can be for dragons in Russia that they realize, you know, we probably need to enact some change. Like, because it, it's kind of last minute that Lawrence realizes how bad things, like when, when he's finally, it's finally explained to him how bad things are. Like they're basically trapped in these Tor medieval torture devices the way Arkady was and you know they're they're kind of starved and everything i mean it's absolutely horrible it's it's like dog fighting pits you know what i mean like um but there's but on top of that they're sentient and uh you know like like you said obviously there's the whole you know the french are only releasing them because they they for want them to bring yeah. yeah for their own gain but at the same time uh and of course, Lawrence is going to re to release them because he's just like, wow, this is horrible and we need to fix this because, you know, Lawrence, but also this is a good thing he was going to try to do. And I think that throughout all of uh, throughout all of their time in Russia and the bit by bit things that they learn about the way Russian dragons are treated, like it's still, you know, in the end, when the dragons are released, they're they're. It, it's not the it's not the poor stealing from the rich. It's the poor stealing from the reg like the like poor. from the serf from the poor right, from the, the serfs. You know, like it's 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 and that's what makes it dark to me is that they're not they're not ransacking you know the palaces in the major the cities. Czar. Yeah, they're they're ransacking villages where these people are already struggling. I, I was I was actually surprised. That the Chinese core, and this was where I guess the face comes in there because the emperor asked them to do this, didn't almost rebel again and say, screw it, we're not, we're not helping these people. But I mean, I think, again, they didn't know until last minute either. You know what I mean? It was, was very did. much a, it was very no, no, much no, no. a. By the time they learned about what was happening, Lawrence was able to talk to that general and that general already acquiesced. And like said that Lawrence, like that he was okay with the plan to free the dragons. And I think that's also part of why this was so heartbreaking because you do see that there was a path for this to go good. And like mm -hmm. Lawrence had been given the okay for them to like actually free these dragons, actually feed them and like take them back to China. Like that was like the whole plan. And like the fact that like none of that could obviously happen. And like the stealing from the other poor Russians thing, Tara, that's, I think that's another reason it made it feel really realistic to me mm -hmm. because like when you know like when like people who are not well off are able to get resources it's not like they're getting the resources from the rich they're taking it from other poor people as well and that's like another like further like pitting like lower classes against each other yep, yep, while exactly. the rich just watch on and thrive yep. regardless kind of thing and that's another thing that makes it further like more dark there but i think you know like Beyond all of that, like the darkness of what happened, I think the reason it was so depressing by the end is because Lawrence had for a second there, he had won. Like he had talked to that general, they had a plan. It was approved by Russia for Lawrence to get these dragons free. 
and get the ones that wanted to work, like all the tiny ones that wanted to work in China, he would have probably gotten approval from the emperor to have them because why would the emperor say no to small dragons that could do weight that was needed, work that was needed for small dragons that also were linguistically gifted and therefore good for breeding. Like it, it looked like everything was gonna go well. And then the fact that it goes so horribly bad is just like extra sad because you could, because you had this moment where you were like building up that like, oh my God, everything's gonna work. Everything's gonna work. And I don't, I really don't give a shit about the war, but like, this is the part that like made me really sad. I was like, no. <laughs> Yeah. And, and yeah, exactly. And, and that's why I'm saying I like, this is like, it's, it's the empire strikes back of the series, which is so weird because we've had seven fucking books before this, books but hope. now is when we get to the end of the book and it's like all this awful shit has happened at the very end and there's no resolution because all that happens in the end is like, they wake up one morning and winter has come to Russia. Now we all know, what happened to Napoleon and his troops in Russia in the winter that like, it is literally the Russian winter that destroyed Napoleon and his, and his troops in real life. Will that happen exactly the same in these books? I don't know because dragons, but uh, you know, it, also it, it, it's just, it's really sad that, you know, instead of these dragons being freed and able to go live like a good life, you know, elsewhere, where they would would do work and get good food and be treated with some semblance of respect, you know, they go marauding about the countryside and harming, you know, the the, the their own people essentially. Um, well, the worst part is that you know that people are going to retaliate, and that's going to be bad. <laughs> and I think the other like super sad thing is that like Lawrence actually says in the book at some point he's like, I know the way the Russian dragons are treated is very similar to how Russian serfs are treated, but I'm not qualified to help the people. So at least I'm going to help the dragons. And I was just sitting there and I'm like, oof, that's dark. And I was like, well, I, well, at least that's the extent of how dark it's going to get. The joke was on me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I wish I could remember the name of that little that little spy dragon because he was he he, he, he me, but also like I said I listened to this at like double to triple speed so uh what are names I don't know <laughs> they are weird Russian noises and I have no idea what happened Although, yeah kind of a generic name but yeah it was it was yeah, yeah. <laughs> good for him though <laughs> yeah he amused me or she amused me I don't know the tiny Russian spy dragon. They, I, I think it was. I think it was a. I think it was a he. But I hope they're uh, doing great, regardless of their gender. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, so, gosh, so much happened at the end of this book. Like, I mean, and there's all like there's so much that happens in Russia. Like I said, there's all this back and forth with Napoleon, and they they you know they gain ground, they lose ground. They gain ground, they lose ground, and then in the end they really just are kind of screwed because all of these, you know, Russian breeding dragons who've been completely mistreated have been freed and are kind of ruining things everywhere. But I mean, I, 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 I don't know. I, I, as a whole, like, I, I, I met, I, I, like I said, what we, or when I wrote the summary and you're the one that had to in, introduce it, this was probably my least favorite of all the Temeraire novels. Uh, if it wasn't my least favorite, it was definitely bottom two. 
because I also I really didn't like Black Powder War. Uh, there was For me, amnesia, jumping around, and the darkness at the end that just kind of was like, you've only got one book to wrap this up, Naomi Novik. I think my thing with this book was that, you know, once again, overall meh about it. It wasn't my favorite. It wasn't my least favorite. I think Black Powder War is consistently my least, was also my least favorite. I think this was kind of like middling top though, because I do like it whenever Novik gets political, even if in a way that is depressing. And so, you know, at the end when she does have all of that with the dragons and with the, the Russian dragons and everything that's happening. And like, you know, I did enjoy like the political intrigue of what was happening in China and like, the the like plot there that ended up happening and then the under the revelation that it was actually one of the chinese generals who was like there at the moment who was like behind the plot and like i liked that reveal and i liked the darkness at the end of the story not because it was fun because god it was terrible and it was so terrible to the point where like when the last line in the book was like winter had came i was like haha it's game of thrones now yeah. <laughs> and like you know like like it, I didn't like it because it made me happy, but I liked it because I do enjoy that kind of introspection and like real world like insight in my books. Like one of the things that I talked about a lot that I liked about the Broken Earth trilogy was that how so much of that series could be and like the treatment of like the like orogenes in that series could be like per, like had like real world like basis in like the bias that we have towards black people because of the white like culture perception and stereotypes that they're dangerous and like you know all of that stuff so like that stuff that even if it is dark is insightful into the dirty parts of human existence in the real world that we don't like to talk about i do enjoy that a lot which is why i actually did enjoy this book a little bit by the end i will say first part hated it amnesia hated it stereotypical japan depiction hated it done <laughs> die in a hole go away seppuku it <laughs> but then we got to china and we started getting all of like the more chinese perspective because we spent a lot of time with china that it's no longer stereotypical and it hasn't been for a long time i enjoyed that a lot i enjoyed Tharke being the like magical man who was like, and Lawrence, you have memory again. And it just made me love Tharke more because I was like, thank you for saving me from amnesia storyline. And then, <laughs> like, despite all the boring war details in the Russia story, I liked how like Temerer was learning to chill the fuck out because his place is to be like a commander. And yeah, like, yeah, that was like, good I enjoyed too. that whole like thing. So, like, I will say, I did like this book more than the other books in the series. Maybe it's because I also read it so fast and so many things happened that I'm like, ah, yes, I read seven books in an hour. Nice. <laughs> I feel like I just forgot in the beginning of the book. And honestly, that's probably for the best because the beginning of the book annoyed me. But by the end, I did enjoy this one. But that's again because I. I like that dark, dark, real world political. Normally, topic. see, that's the thing. Normally, I do like that stuff. Normally, like the 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 two books that I've written, neither one of them have a happy ending. Okay, but there was I I think with me it was like there was just just something about the you know the the horrible mistreatment of Russian dragons. Which, by the way, were we were any of us really all that shocked? Oh, not at all. I was expecting or... something like I was expecting some different yet also terrible treatment of the Russian dragons because let's be fair, uh, Russia has always been Europe too, and Europe one is not doing great at treatment of dragons. So mm. I wasn't expecting Europe two to do any better. I wasn't expecting them well, to do that much worse. 
but and your Europe, I mean, Russia historically has been even behind Europe in its treatment of people. Oh yes, <laughs> even by the bad standards of European behavior. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh god. So yeah. well, Jonathan, Actually, you Laura, you like the. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Sorry, I just had a revelation. I think I understand. Like, I I think this might be why you disliked the ending more. And I think I realized something with you. You're very sensitive to the treatment of animals in any sort of anything. And I think yes. if this had been humans dealing with this, you would have been like, yes, good, dark, moral, like not like not like you would have enjoyed it, but you would have been Well, no, 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 no. Let's be clear. This the starvation and torture stuff, no. I, when I when I when I dislike the way things are dark for humans, it's more like they don't necessarily get a happy ending. There's not a love story that ends, you know, like things don't necessarily end, like come full circle and end in like this perfect little, you know, world. Um, I, I, I mean, I don't like the, the, to be honest, Empire Strikes Back, if you, of the original trilogy is my least favorite of the three. Um, because there's a lot of like, you know, human suffering and like, you know, um, mental, like, Anguish, anguish and physical anguish as well uh in that in that story but yeah it, I, I you're i don't think you're wrong there i think yeah, in this I, case it's I like they might be sentient but they are but they're treated like animals and they're treated like badly like animals are treated badly and but i think so that was are it. serfs right i mean that's one of the right Right. But we don't, the thing is like in this book, especially we don't really, the only picture we get of that is like, there's some brief mentions of it. And then we see the dragons kind of like marauding, you know, around the villages and stuff. And it's like, but that's the thing. I also like, I also feel really bad that these like awful, these dragons were released with this sort of like vengeance, you know, and they're starving and they're just, you know, like like Nami said earlier, it's the poor taking advantage of the poor, not the poor going after the rich. And of course, they don't know any better. They don't. They they're not. I would thinking. actually like to clarify that further. It's not even the poor taking advantage of the poor. It's the poor take. It's the rich taking advantage of the poor and using them to further take. Advantage yes. Of the yes. Poor. Yes. Okay. Yeah. 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 No. Better, and I think yeah. I think part of my explanation got a bit muddled there. But what I was trying to go for is I think the like animal aspect of this and like your your sympathy towards animal treatment is part of what makes this ending a little yeah. more harder yeah. to digest than yeah, the you're not wrong darkness of something like the Broken Earth trilogy because the Broken Earth trilogy as a whole was more dark but I think you as a person found that more like digestible overall I wouldn't say digestible but just um, I don't know like as a person it's easier to like understand a bad ending for or, or not great ending for people when they have control over certain things. And in this case, especially like the dragons, these dragons, they were literally and 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 to be honest, if this had been people that were enslaved like that, I'd probably feel the same way because they I mean, that's why I loved, loved um Empire of Ivory because, like, Best like book. honestly, Empire in of Ivory has a dark ending too, in terms of dark. In terms of there's a lot of people murdered <laughs> at the end of that book when the slaves are freed. But honestly, 
good for them because they've been enslaved by people. And with the dragons, it's like, it's, I don't know. I don't even know. It's, it's, it's this weird mix of like, I know they're sentient, but they've also been clapped in chains too. But the difference is they're not taking, they're not taking revenge. They're not, they're not having vengeance against the people that actually did this to them. They're having vengeance against people who had nothing to do with this oh, because so they're like just selected. Yes. Yes, exactly. It's exactly. Not the like suffering itself. It's the fact that there's no like joy in the freedom like we got. Yes. For the like it's, it's it. like if we're going to compare it to animals, it's like when a pit bull who's been trained to fight uh, attacks a child, like gets loose and attacks a child versus attacking like the person that has been mistreating it for yeah. months or years. You know what I'm saying? And Empire like, of Ivory was so satisfying because the pit bull yes. got the got the mistreating <laughs> owner and except this time the pit bull was unleashed by another owner and told to attack the initial owner's kid to make the initial owner sad <laughs> basically yes well, i like this i like this super roundabout way that we've come to this conclusion because i want to be very clear that i'm not like I'm not like insensitive to the plight of people. Okay. Oh, no, no, really. The funniest part about this is that like that wasn't at all what I was going for. I was just being like, Tara, you're an animal lover too. This is extra sad. Uh, okay, so well, Jonathan hasn't Jonathan hasn't gotten to say much because you and I have been going back and forth about the same. That's okay. I mean, I mean, you've covered most of it. I, I mean, I. As I said, I like the book better than you guys did. I think I, I thought overall, I thought this moved the plot. Yes, there were lots of things going on, but I much prefer lots of too much plot than the other books where nothing happens for 400 pages. Um, I don't disagree with that. I yeah. think that <laughs> I think that my biggest issue is like if if the other if if the first seven books had been handled a bit better, then we wouldn't have had all of this crammed into one book. Yeah, I, I feel like a part of the reason that I was so exhausted by this book is because I had seven books of exhaustion before it. But like looking at just this book on its own, the first the the first Amnesia Japan part was like a two star to me because stereotypical Japanese depictions plus Amnesia asshole Lawrence plus Amnesia storyline just made me want to rage. But then the second the um the China amnesia and the Russia parts, I think were actually a four star for me, which is pretty decent. Like I I did enjoy the last part of the book. Yeah. Obviously, you know, if we had a uh, delightful uh, uh, Okay, so now you're now you're giving it far too much praise because I don't think <laughs> I've given any book in the series four stars out of five. I think I gave Empire <laughs> of Ivory a four star. I gave Empire and Ivory a four star because the yeah. the act of burning down the colonizers just made me very, very like viscerally happy. I was like, heck yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's still happy. my favorite book in the series. For sure. Um, all right. Well, any last thoughts uh before we close out? Let Emily Roland get some experience. Let Emily Roland get some experience. She's allowed to do what she wants, Lawrence. She is a grown ass lady. And she is also not. Is that a euphemism for something? <laughs> get some experience with Domain in a bedroom. 
Let's be so specific. Hashtag I ship it. Let Emily do, do what honestly. she wants. I mean, she has some combat experience. <laughs> We're talking about different kinds of swords here. I, I know, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> but thank you for giving me the opportunity to say that out loud. Yes, that is a good one. Uh, so, I, I mean, any last thoughts, Jonathan? No, I'm good. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, L I'm leave just, it on I Emily. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. I, I'm just glad that we've only got one more book left of Temeraire. Um, I feel at this point, I, I, I'll, I'll probably have more to say in two weeks when we come back with the last book in the series, whose name I also can't remember. And I also don't even have it here. A oh, League of Dragons. League of Dragons. All right. So, I, I mean, I have not finished the, the League of Dragons, though I have started Oh, no, it. I haven't um, even started it. So Okay, so predictions. Okay, yeah, that's a good. That's. I think so, Temer is going to rule the world officially. I think he's going to form a dragon league and rule the world. Um, for me, I just I feel like they've they've got to go to America. We're at that point in the timeline that it like War of 1812 is coming up, isn't it? Like I've I've constantly been wondering if they're going to get that far. Uh, so I'm I'm. I, I feel like they've got to end up in America. Um, all, but also we still have, you know, the end of Russia to deal with. So my prediction for the next book is that it's also going to be like, I'm sorry, Naomi Novik, but it's going to be rushing through the last like 16,000 countries that she wanted to visit in this series and hasn't yet. <laughs> That's hyperbole a little bit, but you know. I mean, I, I'm wondering if now that, I don't know, really actually think it's going to happen, but I do wonder whether the Chinese legions that go back basically say, these people are idiots. We should just take over the world. I mean, <laughs> it's like, yeah, you know, I, I feel like we're going to see Napoleon defeated finally for sure. But other than that, like, and the possibility of going to America, I, 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 I don't know. Uh, yeah, that that's Napoleon defeated and and pos and and hopefully America. Uh, I don't think they would have introduced the American dragons the way they did in kind of this almost like rushed sense that in 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 this book if they weren't going to go to America. So, yeah. Um, oh yeah, I also definitely do agree. Napoleon defeated. Starkey end up with the Starkey end up with Iskirka and Temerer's, um egg. Well, right now, Iskerka and Temerer's egg is with. I Prince know it's nowhere Mian to be Ng. found. But... Well, it's with Prince Mianing. Like so, so, like. Oh, I just yeah. I, yeah that's another I, I weird. Like Iskerka was all mad about life. Like my egg isn't good enough, and it's like, and the British need that egg. They need that dragon, but they were like, yeah, we'll just give it. Let's give it to that's China for, for now. So. I wonder if oh, we're yeah. going to see that I'm egg excited. again. I, I hope the last book has the egg hatch. I would like the egg to hatch. I really want to see what that dragon is, honestly. I am so curious about the genetics. Will it be a tiny fire-breathing temeraire? I want to know. Like, oh a my tiny? gosh, could you imagine like a, like a, like a fire-breathing divine wind? Oh my gosh. Fire-breathing temeraire with divine wind. It's 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 only like two inches long. <laughs> it can breathe fire and knock and kill ships. 
<laughs> it's you know how in Spy Kids too there was that guy who had made like the like the tiny dinosaur like all the tiny little like creatures to. I guess I'm, I'm dating sorry, myself Spy now. Yeah, Spy Kids too. No, you're dating us. <laughs> no, I'm doing. I actually the really liked. I actually really oh. liked the first Spy Kids. <laughs> I'm doing I'm the opposite of what Jonathan just did, and I'm I'm more accurately dating Tara because between Jonathan dating himself and me dating myself, we have thus dated Tara in between us. But but like in Spy Kids too, there's like this mad scientist, and like he's trapped on this like island where he has made all these creatures, and so there are the big versions of these like monstrous creatures going around. But he also has like tiny versions of the creatures on mm -hmm. like a. Big model of the island that's like live to where the creatures are and all i can think of is having like a tiny creature like size little tamarare like that and it's just a little palm-sized tamarare that also talks to you oh i want that if you don't have to feed it full cows you can just give it like like a little tidbit every now and again so, so navi the, assu the, the assumption being i saw spy kids with talia yes <laughs> I, I yes I I, I assume that you'd seen Spy Kids with Talia yes. For those listening as a podcast, Talia is Jonathan's daughter who is I think a little bit younger. Essentially, than Nami's age. Yeah, she's like three years younger than me. She's my little sister's age. So Jonathan, twenty six. Oh no, she's like a year younger than me. But yeah, Jonathan and my dad are the same age group. And the reason I also talked about Spy Kids is because my dad did watch Spy Kids with me. So I was like, Jonathan probably watched it with his daughter. Like this tracks. Yeah, and I'm in the middle with no kids also. So <laughs> all right. Well, on that note, aha, once again, I'm Tara along with Jonathan and Nami. Thank you for joining us for Sagas and Sass. And we'll see you in two weeks. When we finally discuss the last book in the Terror series, ha, praise the Lord or something, praise the gods. I and don't pass know. the ammunition. Yeah. So, final book of the Terror series, two weeks from now. Thank you guys for listening and have a good night. Thank you for listening to the Sagas and Sass podcast. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Sagas and Sass.